Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and today I am joined by two Bachelor historians who have been recapping this program for many years and continue to do so on their Love to See It podcast, Emma Gray and Claire Fallon. Hi, guys. It's such an honor to be here. We are so delighted to be chatting with you today, Sarah. I'm so excited to talk to you guys because as I mentioned before we started recording, there's always so much to say about this show, but also nothing to say about this show. And I feel like that's something you guys have mastered on your (laughs) show and over the years of finding the important things to pull out. If you mean we do speak for two hours, regardless yeah. of the content of an episode, then yes. Before every taping, we're like, what will we even say about this episode? And then after two hours and 15 minutes, we surface like, what just happened? Yeah, like, we like, wow. had a blackout. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. And I want to just jump into your thoughts about this season overall. I know we're only two episodes in, but even the like, two minute intro of this episode where we're moving into the mansion. We've got the excited girls. We've gotten multiple shots of Zach in the shower, um, wild camera work there. (laughs) His wife is in the room. It's all the, the classic parts, right? So for you guys, I feel like this season has been the show's attempt to return to the glory days, to the Sean Lowe, to, you know, we even saw him last week for you. Is that what you thought going in? Is that the vibe you're getting What are we thinking so far? I'm getting the vibe that that's what they are attempting. And Mm -hmm. in a sense, I appreciate it. Like in the sense that I want a love story. I want a cohesive romantic narrative. So if we're going to get that this season, my fingers are crossed. I love that. I will also say it does feel a little bit like AI bachelor bot. Like they put the season through chat GPT and they were like shower scene. (laughs) But the thing about Sean Lowe is that he has an ineffable charisma and you you cannot just dump a tall white man in the shower and turn him into Sean Lowe. Yeah, as hard as they might try. They're really playing the hits this season. I, I get that they want to get back to a time when The Bachelor was a reliable ratings hit when people actually liked The Bachelor and every every season didn't start with like moans of disappointment. But yeah, like it's in the casting and it's not just in how many shots you get of women being like, I'm the luckiest girl to be moving into this mansion. Like mimosas, like that part's easy, you know? Mm. 
A hundred percent. And it's true. It feels like the last couple seasons, especially with The Bachelor, have been the first couple episodes convincing us to get on board with The Bachelor. Obviously, the Clayton of it all was crazy since they did that like randomly. But even with someone like Matt James, who we some people didn't know, it feels like every year we're starting off like behind trying to get on board versus in the past. If you pick someone who we just watched get heartbroken, we're inevitably rooting for them and they have decided in these the picks and i nothing against zach i think he's perfectly fine but like it's just perfectly bizarre. fine yes is, is yeah his tagline mr right reasons to... is perfectly fine <laughs> i feel like that i mean that is his brand he literally comes out every episode and is like i'm perfectly fine like i'm just like every other guy i mean i think they used to have their finger on what would make people excited and now yeah. they're like following rules like remember when juan pablo got picked he didn't make sense as a pick. He didn't make it that far. No one was that invested in his love story. He wasn't heartbroken. But for some reason, people were just very excited about it, right? right? He was just like a hot guy that everyone had gotten really into on Twitter. Like at exactly. least they were following some sort of impulse. And I'm not going to say his season was like that successful in traditional terms, <laughs> but it had excitement around it because they followed the excitement of the fans. And it seems like every season there will be excitement around an old contestant or a new contestant or a handful. And they just wind up on paradise and we end up with a, a lead that no one was excited about, but he fits some sort of formula that they have decided on. It's so strange. And I think what I learned about Zach in this episode is he has no poker face. Um, we'll get into it with individual <laughs> women, but I was like, oh my God, he can't even like pretend to follow along what's going to be happening here or pretend he's interested in kind of stirring the pot. And his his way of navigating drama, I guess is quote unquote, the right thing. But to me, it was just like, I, I just felt like he did a poor job trying to like pretend to care about certain things. And it made me laugh because I just don't know if he if he really believes he's going to be able to get away with not getting involved in stuff or if he thinks that that's like like he's doing something there. Does that make any sense? Like, I just feel like his face is yeah. like slightly confused, but also giving everything away. Yeah, it's so true. his face in every scene where the drama comes up or, or an issue like that or where a woman like makes a declaration that he can't respond to or mm -hmm. makes a move that he isn't into. It's just like, is someone going to tell me what to do about this? And <laughs> He's waiting for stage directions. I yes. recognize it because I also like to have people make decisions for me when yeah. they're hard. And I'm like, yep, he is waiting for someone to step in and make this decision for him. Yeah, you're like, you're like, this is relatable. I get it. But also, I think what we keep returning to is that the role of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is a job. Mm -hmm. And it is the job of the people casting these shows to pick someone who is able and gamely able to do that job. And so they keep picking these guys who they're just then setting up to be absolutely dunked on. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I feel, I do feel for that. Yeah, we do. I, but you do need a poker face. You need to be yeah, able it's hard. to, to like at least convince people that you actually like that you're into them, which he is struggling with so far. You need to be able to sometimes hide that you're not that into people that you right. are into. And when the drama comes up, you need to keep your turmoil inside and just be decisive. Like 100%. just sitting there being like, uh, is what's going to make things extra messy. Yeah, I think so. And we'll get there with the, do you want to know her name or not? Which was oh just God. a wild, cringy thing to watch. <laughs> 
he was he was like someone else make this decision that's the best example of that <laughs> yeah, I've never like, seen you. anything like that like even I mean you had your Clayton and your Peter maybe the guys who gave into every single thing and could have been a little better at like all right maybe this one I don't need to like pretend to be referee to this thing that I have no idea what's going on like I'll let you guys work that one out but you can't the first sign of drama be like yeah I don't I don't know like should I know her name like it was just like oh my god dude like yeah. There's a way also, in. Obvious he didn't want to know. So he could have just decisively said, right. Sounds like that's something for you guys to work out. I don't want you to feel that way. That sounds really annoying. Let's focus on our connection. Yes. Yeah. Instead, he was like, do you want to tell me? I mean, you can, but like, do you want to? Because maybe you don't want to. Like, I don't really <laughs> know if that's the best thing, but like you can. I, I bet it went on longer than we saw too. Like oh, I bet sure. that was like a very lengthy back and forth. And then him looking and they were like, Zach can't look at the camera directly. Like, come on, dude, like it's supposed to be natural. Um, okay. Let's jump into the first group date, AKA um, a lotto music video and promotion of big, big energy, which is a great song, but we did hear it 25 times. So, you know, that when they paid for that fee, they wanted to get their use out of it. Um, what did you guys think of this date? My biggest takeaway was they underused Victoria Fuller and Courtney Robinson. If they're going to bring them back, I need it. Yes. Them. That is so true. They just disappear. We they got do, like, like a catwalk and that's about it. Yeah. I want to hear them talk, mm -hmm. especially Courtney. I mean, Courtney is an icon. They could have just built a whole date around her. And like her what giving advice. Yeah, what a waste. I like forgot she was there by the end of the date because that we have lots of shots of Taj Wan like mm -hmm. rolling her eyes and being like, these ladies aren't good enough to be Zach's wife, which okay. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. And Victoria and Court, like, was there they couldn't set up any sort of like interaction you know, rating system, you know, for mm, them to get yeah. commentary. Like they're there to to what? Just do a catwalk? Are they there to judge? They're and, there to remind us that you can have big, big energy, I guess. Bad bitch energy, big, big energy. Bad bitch, bad energy. bitch energy. You can yeah. have bad bitch energy like Zach, a, a noted bad bitch. I love that Zach's whole thing is like, I don't like drama. I don't want drama. What I want is for all of you to be like two major villains from Bachelor history. Right. Which is, <laughs> so that's the thing that's also confusing because again, iconic, love Victoria Fuller, love Courtney. Like they did so much for us. Yes. And I'm happy that they're happy. Courtney's married. Obviously, Victoria's with Greg now. Like, great. But the point to bring back people who are notorious villains for a season that has been declared to have no drama on a date about <laughs> bad bitch, like we're getting mixed messages. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they were very confused on the messaging here. They tried to redefine the term bad bitch like four in four different contexts. <laughs> Like yeah. it really kept shape shifting and they're like, definitely be like Courtney and Victoria, but you're all even and perfectly <laughs> wonderful. And you're all equal bad bitches. You're all equal bad bitches. Stand your ground, be yourself. Like these women who were very cruel to the other women on their season. Right. Again, mixed messages. Also, is this the show sitting around saying, what can we do? Because we've gotten criticism for villain edits. We've gotten criticism for the way we've portrayed certain things. So if we bring back to iconic villain types, and say now, oh, it's good. Be like them. Does that excuse ever, you know, villainizing, right? Them Traumatizing them right. by They're way of the edit. Don't worry, we're rehabilitating villains this season. It's good, actually. I right. mean, it's no wonder that Taj Wan came out so absurdly hot in that in that night date because 
apparently she was supposed to be just like Courtney and Victoria. And that's what Zach was looking for. So (laughs) you would think it would have worked. What did you guys think of like the the Taj Wan of it all? Obviously, for those who don't remember, she was on Colton Underwood season and two seasons of Paradise. Her main storyline on Paradise was she was always really hot and sweating and just couldn't handle the elements. Which and that's re- why I loved her. Relatable. And then she she met Trey and realized she had kissed Trey's uncle at one point, which was again, thank you so much, Taj Wan. That was an amazing television. <laughs> um, but when she came in to do this. I always try to think it's like somewhere in the middle of insane producer manipulation and authenticity. But where did you guys fall with it? Do you think she showed up always planning to try to crash this, crash this season? Were they like, these girls are boring. They're getting along too much. Tajwan, enter. Like, where? what do you think happened? I think it was pre-produced to a large extent. Like, I think that they included her on that date because she was open to potentially crashing the season. Yeah. Like, I... Because or else she doesn't really make sense in that threesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They, I mean, they weren't really, she wasn't necessary on the date. None of the women were really necessary on the date. They had Lotto. Right. So the main effect of bringing them on was just to get Tajwan to crash the night portion, which makes me think that that is exactly what they were planning all along. And also she came in with such a, again, like so hard with such like a script that it made the the aura of producer manipulation feel even more inescapable. I was like, this all feels scripted. I agree. Like they're just worried yeah. of having a boring second episode. Like they're like, we can't have that. So, and it almost felt like an episode of a scripted show because they had all the women at the night portion. They they showed us how well they were getting along. And then literally enter Tajwan. Like, it's kind of like they've done that before, obviously, with usually people within the house. Like, oh, the girl who was the villain's going to now come and crash the date, even though her team lost bowling. Um, whatever. <laughs> and this, but this was like an extra, like, we literally pulled someone who, by the way, isn't even known for being a villain or in, like, she's great, right. but not really falling that. Like, how did they even decide on these three when they sat around? Like, someone from a million, like, a long time ago, but probably the most iconic, Victoria, who did they didn't even know would end up more villainized because at the time this was filmed, she was still engaged to Johnny. Yeah, yeah that's true. So wild. She really played right into the, the branding there. Like, how do they, do they sit around? and like just send out emails and see who responds like when I'm trying to book like whatever like, I mean probably they, definitely like, they get pitched yeah that I'm sure that that part of it was just casting around but like I can see why they would go for Victoria and Courtney who are you know from different generations of The Bachelor sort of known for villainy and but also for being you know sort of like self-possessed and like mm-hmm. sexy self-possessed sexy villains and so it is interesting to be like, well, Tajwan is known for being like kind of a relatable hot mess who like sometimes gets into scraps with the other contestants, but in just sort of like a, I'm so hot, I don't know what I'm doing with myself sort of way. Cause it's like a million degrees here. She doesn't quite fit. It all feels like retconned around Tajwan being interested in going on the season and getting yeah. into the mix. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that they really worked backwards from that. And then they were like, people will be excited to see Victoria and Courtney. So we'll just like throw them in. But without, yeah, totally un- underutilizing them in the process. Totally underutilizing them. And then when we do see Tajwan come back at night and, you know, try to talk to Zach, that was the first sign of me being like, oh my God, Zach cannot even, I don't think it was anything even about Tajwan. Like, I think he was even more scared to rock the boat. 
Like, if, yeah. even if he did like her, he was too scared. And I don't think he necessarily did feel anything with her. I think he was confused. I think he was scared. And I think he was looking around, like, looking for instructions when she when she he asked him very to very obviously taken aback and did not know what to do and i think the stress of it all i think you're right like he just couldn't even get past that he was like why would i do this to myself and in that sense i do relate to zach mm-hmm. because i would probably feel the same way like oh my god do not add another element to this yeah, yeah, Zach has the the exact personality of a bachelor who would be like, I don't want to hold myself back from anyone, but do I want 20 women mad at me? That definitely sounds worse. Yeah, so. 100%, especially on this so early in. And it's not mm-hmm. someone from his past who he knows. Like when you have a That's back the in the day, thing. you're Nick Vile coming in for Caitlyn. She was like, oh no, like I already like you. This is just so random. Yeah, that was a, like Nick on Caitlyn season, that was a fantastic addition. Mm-hmm. Like, that is genuine drama that feels earned. That was a person that she actually was very genuinely interested in and intrigued by. And so, yeah, it made sense to offer her that choice. You get like that you got the genuine reaction from her. And then it made sense that he entered the house. Like when you just bring back random people with no connection to the lead and then, yeah, give them the offer of like cause chaos and make everyone mad at you. Like what is appealing about that? Why, why would that gamble be worth it? And there was not even one second. I thought he was even contemplating it. No, no, which no. Was he just, can't fake it. He can't. And that was just crazy to me. Cause that was like the big, you know, first p- part of the episode cliffhanger. And I was like, oh my God, we're really grasping here. <laughs> I thought there was a chance that production would make him keep Tajwan. Maybe if he it's... tried to sell it, I think they would. <laughs> it would have been too obvious if he did a little better That's job true. acting then maybe they could have gotten away with it. But he was like, yeah, so... call it off. This isn't working. Yeah. yeah, he was so blank faced. I bet that was the plan. And then they were like, oh my God, we can't air this. Like they didn't even show the conversation that they had when he turned I know. Down. What do you think that was about? Yeah, that was really bizarre. Like, how bad could it have been? That they must have been pretty bad. Didn't want to show it. <laughs> what did I, you think of the way Tajwan kind of carried? I don't know if carried or something the right word, but the way when she was sitting on the couch and and the girls kind of came, obviously nervous, ready to try to you know confront her, but clearly not. None of them were really seemed to be the confrontational type because they all were kind of <laughs> scared. Um, and Tajwan sitting there on the couch casually, you know, telling them basically that they weren't good enough for Zach and fighting hard enough for Zach. It's just so funny because all of the other women are really matching Zach's energy, which is like someone else do this confrontation for me. Someone else manage this drama for me. I don't really want to deal with this. I'm just here to go on dates. Like, why is this happening to me? And Tajwan is sitting there being like, you're not good enough for Zach. And I'm like, no, they're the same. Like Zach and these ladies are a perfect match. And like, maybe that's going to make for a a Rocky TV show for us. But in terms of Zach's compatibility, I think that's actually what he's looking for. I, I feel like production must've told her to go so hard. Like, I I don't understand why you would thing. She clearly like, why would you go in with like, instead of, oh, I'm just looking for love with Zach, like all of you, the the least conciliatory, like most antagonistic. insults, ever. basically, is yeah. what she came out with. Like, it just, and yeah, there was such a mismatch of her energy and the women's energy that it just felt like she had to have been primed in some capacity. And she was just sort of like, I'm rolling with the persona that I'm putting on here. 
And it doesn't really matter what's said to me because I'm just going to match it with that energy. Yeah. Like they're like, why are you, why are you here? Like what's (laughs) your intention? And she was like, none of you are good enough. You really came up short today and you can't be Zach's wife. And it's like, okay, that was like bringing a sledgehammer to like attack an ant, like completely yeah. unnecessary. Right. And the, yeah, you're right. Script insults. I mean, do you want a part- participation trophy? You guys aren't going to marry, aren't going to marry Zach. Do you realize that? We're also like a day in. Like, I don't know if they do realize that yet. Like they're also still like probably trying to wrap their head around that they're on this show that they've been watching for however long they have these expectations of what it is. It's not really about Zach at this point. This is about yeah. oh my God, the bachelor. Some of these women, you know, like him and more than others, but no one is there for Zach at this point because they don't even know Zach yet. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I guarantee that he's a lot of women's best friend and possibly more. And that happened really his quick. Wife is in this room. It's real. She's yeah, his wife hiding. and his best friend. Are they the same person? We don't know yet, but he know. he will he will end yeah. up with a wife and at least one best friend. And the girls yeah. are buying into it because they did say, you know, he's so intent. One of them said he's so intentional about who he keeps. And the fact to say that after one rose ceremony is truly wild. I know he did send home <laughs> Madison on who was getting the night one, you know, situation yeah. or she kind of sent herself home, actually. She kind of said, that's the thing. It's like, he's yeah. so intentional. He sent her home. Well, that's how he presented it to them. He was like, I know right. I wasn't there with Madison. So I sent her home. And what actually happened is that Madison buttonholed him and was like, do we have something here? Can you please tell me right now? And he was like, uh, 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 no, you can leave. He didn't initiate that. He's You're getting right. all the credit though. Well, someone he does have a bond with is Catherine, who got the who dates with purpose, um, which got her the rose um, because you're not just my friend, his best friend. Right. But she was like, you're not just my friend. She's like (laughs) rejecting this best friend narrative that he's putting on. And I did have her down last week as someone who got like a little bit of screen time. But I was like, oh, he likes her. Like, again, Zach doesn't hide it very well. So I wasn't. He thinks she's hot. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. And I believe she's the one who said in her bio that, or they wrote for her that people tell her she looks like Julia Roberts. So there's that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is beautiful. They're all beautiful, obviously. She's but... beautiful. I still don't think she looks like Julia Roberts. Me either. That's not a dig at her. <laughs> she's very stunning. I think um, she yeah. does in some photos, but have I seen her in any of the episodes and been like, oh my God, Julia Roberts is here? No. <laughs> Julia Roberts um, is here. You can tell he thinks she's beautiful because they will have the most generic conversation ever literally just recycling lines that he has used about what he's looking for. And then he will give her the group date rose over everyone else. He'll be like, we really opened up to each other today. um, (laughs) When you told me that I'm your best friend, but I'm not just your best friend. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) I love that for us. Not just my best friend, but more. (laughs) I'm Um, looking for a best friend with benefits. Yeah. That's kind of seems like what it is. It's also very like, Zach is young. He's 26. So I guess it makes sense also to then kind of be like spewing out like general terms like best friend and wife in this. Like he's falling for all of the like tropes of not only being the bachelor, but being like a 26 year old who's pretending he really wants to get married. (laughs) Oh, it definitely like I like when you're in your like mid 20s and you're looking for a spouse, you're just like, oh, it'll just be like having a best friend that I have sleepovers with. Like you you don't really know the difference at that point. That's the vibe I'm getting. But it is interesting how much they showed the girls talking about 
their connections with Zach. And I, I never know. It's hard because they obviously pick and choose what they show us. And does this happen every season? Probably to some degree. But it did feel like, and it kind of continues as a theme throughout the episode, that a lot of them are sharing a lot about, you know, whether they're using tongue. The 23-year-old <laughs> Jess was like, you know, confused about tongue. It was it was a lot. But do you think that, why are they showing us this? Is they're setting it up for a bigger thing? Or do they just have nothing else to show us? Is this normal behavior? Like, where do you stand on the girls all sitting around comparing notes about Zach? And also them showing us, I felt like more than normal, if that makes sense. I do think that they're invested in convincing the audience of Zach's desirability. So I think that might explain why we're seeing more of that kind of conversation. Just like all these women being like, what I most desire in the world is just like a great tongue bath from Zach. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be Mrs. Shell Cross and I will use tongue. Together. Yeah. Yeah. I will use tongue, but I guess only if I'm horizontal, I was like, wow, making out has changed since I was 23. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> so imagine the first time that she makes out with tongue while she's vertical, it's going to blow her mind. She's going to be so It's going to change her life. <laughs> I did. She is twenty. She is twenty three, and even when she stepped out of the limo, she was like shaken and shed the body glitter. But he likes her or thinks she's hot or something because I feel like she's got a decent amount of attention throughout the first. Did she get the group oh, date rose on the second? Yeah, date? yeah, yeah. He's very, he's very into her, and I see why. She's like very charming. She's very sweet. She she has like a pretty infectious energy and also like she's only a couple years younger than Zach yeah like he's he's young um and I think it's just funny because she has like such juvenile energy about her mm -hmm. but in a sense that must be comforting to Zach yeah I think point. that Zach is really drawn to women Catherine Jess who have like a, a sort of projection of vulnerability about them, mm -hmm. who seems sort of demure and sweet and like they might need him to be like the man in the relationship, which is interesting because Rachel is so confident and um, independent and bold. And that's not to say he wasn't interested in Rachel or women like Rachel, but he consistently seems to be going, like getting very excited about these women who are like just coming off a little bit more like vulnerable and sweet and retiring. I think it'll be interesting to see whether that holds as Zach gets more comfortable because we also could be seeing an early season like Zach just grasping at relationships and connections that feel like freely offered up to him as he's kind of easing himself into this role. So I will be interesting to interested to see how far like a Catherine or a Jess go. That's such a good point. And even to like jump ahead, Gabby falls in that category in the same way where she's you see throughout the whole episode like a thread. She's hasn't gotten a chance to talk to him, but she got the rose. So clearly she's his type because she got a rose without even saying a word to him on night one. Yeah. Honestly, like I know they freak out about that, but that is half the battle. If you can get through night one without really like, even doing anything and get the rose, that means like you're going at least halfway. He didn't that even means like he her. thinks you're hot. Yeah. And that is 90% of whether you stay at the beginning. Yes. He couldn't even hide how much he hated her opening gambit which was just literally drinking some maple syrup and could not have been more tame. And he was like, oh, I hate this. Didn't talk after that. And she still got the rose. Like he must think you are insanely hot. A hundred, you right. A hundred. He literally hated the maple syrup. And she still <laughs> I've got never rose. seen anyone so disgusted by maple syrup. Like he treated it yeah. like he, I, I don't know. He was being given like rat poison. And it was interesting <laughs> to see her pivot from like, 
the quirky, confident opening gambit. And then like the second conversation where she tries to like pack in a bunch of like stuff about her and be like funny and charming. And then she realizes that what's working for other people is to just be vulnerable and like say she likes him. So at the third conversation, she doesn't try to be impressive. She doesn't try to be funny or cool. She's just like, I just, I'm really excited it's you. And I really just think you're so wonderful and have great character. And she gets a kiss. Like she just like pivoted the right (laughs) direction. No, you're right. And it is that, cause I, it was so interesting to think about it all in that sense, because the the second conversation with the, with the trying to give the nickname and the Zachy and the Zachary, and it was just clearly she was nervous and just spewing out things and trying to be cute and like establish herself. Like, Oh, I'm the one who calls you Zachy. Like, but it just didn't land at all. But clearly you're right. Like she didn't really have to do anything because he was, he was just trying so hard to get her to, to do nothing. Cause he was going to pick her anyway, or like, at least give her the rose anyway. Yeah. He was like, you're so hot. Please just say less. Please, say, <laughs> Smile. <laughs> please give please me some give peanut me butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously Christina Mandrell has been, I feel like a standout since even before the season started with getting the last name in the bio and having a famous aunt. And she's obviously a single mother. There's she's in a Taylor Swift music video. There's like endless content about her both on and off the show. And I think she's really interesting to look at because obviously in past seasons, this isn't a revolutionary concept, but she could have been edited to be so one-dimensional villain. They have all of the elements, but they are choosing kind of to show her positive attributes too. Even on the first episode, I saw a lot of people tweeting like, you know, she, someone was wearing the same dress as her and she was like, you look great. And like in the past, they could have cut that out and made it this, like they're kind of giving her a little bit of dimension, but also kind of setting her up to be a villain in some sense. Even before her one-on-one date, where did you guys stand with Christina? I mean, I think so far she's been the best part of the season. She's, she's great TV. I mean, yeah. she's she's cut out for it. I think we said like first episode that she seems the most like someone who could just be on any reality show. Like she mm-hmm. could be on Selling Sunset. She could be on Real Housewives. She has that kind of like polished, uh, gregarious, charismatic persona that that really pops on camera and like little quips and like always starting conversations it really seemed to me like they thought she could go either way like she's a single mom which is like heartwarming she's so beautiful and she also has this like very bold personality that has the potential to rub other explosive conflict (laughs) yeah so I feel like they kind of set her up to be in like a triple threat position. Like, which way is she going to go? Is she going to break bad? Like, is she going to be Zach's, you know, one of his big love stories and like be the next bachelorette? I think they wanted to like- Leave it open. Kind of open in our minds as the season started. Because like, if she is going to be the villain, wouldn't it be more impactful if at first she seemed like this really sweet single mom, you know? Yeah, I think in a sense, it's what they set up works narratively no matter which direction it goes and it seems fairly obvious from from the promo we got for next week that she's going to take an abrupt downward turn she is the one on the stairs i believe yeah she's the one on the stairs and we also see i'm pretty sure she's the one that brooklyn gets into it with and we see brianna talking about her so it seems like she she sort of takes a real takes a real villain turn um but yeah narratively that is i'd say more impactful if we haven't just seen such a one-dimensional 
version of her. Um, you get to invest in her and then also be like disappointed when she behaves badly. We they she gets the first one on one. Her first concert is or his Zach's first concert was Nickelback. Of course. I mean, like it's incredible that we didn't just guess ahead of time. Like that looks like a man who's been to a Nickelback show. And admitted it, not that it's, you know, Nickelback, whatever, but like the fact that that was the first concert, first thing that came to his mind, like it it lives rent free in Zach's head, the Nickelback concert. <laughs> Just kind of made me laugh. Um, and the classic helicopter flies over the girls. It's it's again, it's, it's interesting because I feel like any, as much as the show does change, I guess, and whatever it the, the certain elements like they it's the same thing in this season really feels like to me the same thing with just different names and faces but it's beyond formulaic to this point and i don't know if that's good or bad because in other seasons i always like when it goes off the rails like i like when peter the pilot changes his mind and breaks three people's hearts and i like when clayton i feel bad for them and i have sympathy for them but i'd rather watch that like but i also i feel like i might have even said this last time i talked to you emma i was like when i'm watching and it's a love story i want drama and when i'm watching drama i want a love story so i guess i'm just never happy but that scene of the helicopter i was like oh my god i've literally seen this Twenty thousand times. I mean, aren't we just like the Bachelor producers too? Like, we want to get back to the glory days when yeah. it was this formula that works, but it was so much more fresh to us, right? Like, yeah, that's the thing. This is their formula. It's somewhat flexible. It's gotten them through twenty years of hit TV, but at a certain point, you're like, how much can I be excited by the same tropes, the same like dramatic twists, the same? little gambits to stir up drama, like having them fly over the other girls and like making them freak out. Like, how much can I be excited by those anymore? But I miss the time when the, that was enough for me. Right. That's what it is. It's it's like it used to be enough. And I don't know yeah. if it's because they went too far or because the show's just been on for too long and nothing's enough anymore. Yeah, I think it's maybe maybe a combination. I also think when the formula gets a little tired, what you have to rest on is your character building. And that's where it comes back to our initial critique, which is in the casting. Like if you have a compelling character, it doesn't matter if all the elements around them don't feel fresh. If their personality pops and they have a great story and you are connecting with them, the rest kind of falls away. And I think that that is what is being exposed. Like I think sometimes about a show like The Circle, which is so boring in so many ways. Like just the format is fairly boring. Right. These people are literally isolated. So all of the magic of that show happens in the casting. And I feel like The Bachelor could kind of take a cue from a show like that. Yeah. Right. Because why are we watching? We're not watching for you know, to see the same narrative moves that we've seen a million times. We're not watching to watch Zach because we could kind of take or leave watching Zach. So yeah, do we watch? Of course. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. <laughs> well, we do. We can't quit. Yeah. No, I know. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of us will. <laughs> well, we will, but like, and we will complain. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. And even like a show like Love is Blind, which is an insane concept versus The Circle, which is, you know, there isn't that much that happens. You're right. They're literally in their own rooms. Um, and they're answering like trivia questions half the time, like things that literally don't <laughs> yeah. matter, but they are electric television, the people on that show. And that's why Love is Blind is like double whammy because it's an insane yes. show, but the people are also like, oh my God. Great like, casting. I, I miss, I need you in my life. And I'm going <laughs> to watch the like produce spinoff show where you all have to hang out because I need my Bartice fix. Like, oh, I love <laughs> it. You know? Yeah. So, oh like, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like good casting goes such a long way. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that you can't just like rest on your your laurels and be like, well, these people want to be on TV. We can probably stir up some really constructed drama and make them all be mean to each other and make them cry. Like that is not what is at the heart of charisma. We don't just want to watch people be emotionally pulverized. We want to connect to them. Yeah. And I think that it's possible that them pushing the formula has hurt them in another way. Like we don't know the the background of all the negotiations every time they try to hire a bachelor. We know that in the past there have been people who really might have been good bachelors who weren't picked, like Mike Johnson. But other seasons, it's unclear if they even asked the fan favorites and were turned down. But you got to think that the more every bachelor season ends in catastrophe, that a fan favorite might say, I'd rather go to paradise. Yeah. I'd like, why would I want to put someone, myself in that position? I, yeah. I'm more likely to end up with someone. I'm more likely to stay a fan favorite it's less stressful. And so they're not making The Bachelor seem like such a prime gig anymore. And it might make them harder, make it harder for them to land the people that we all want to see. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And you don't even get the following anymore half the time. Yeah. Like that they used to get and what you get your like $100,000, but also everyone like called you like the most hated person in America for a hot week. Like poor Clayton, like I feel like had to go through endless amounts. I don't know if he's at all yet. It was like, and even like, I don't know, Matt, he, like a lot of them, I feel like went through the most recent bachelors, specifically bachelorettes too, but most recent bachelors, I feel like have gone through like a lot of. Yeah. I feel trauma. like Matt and Clayton, like you look back and you're like, both of these people were legitimately traumatized. Right. Like, I experience. don't think they're necessary. Matt, I guess is at least with Rachel, but like there was definitely points where they definitely didn't think they were better off after taking that gig. No. Yeah. Yeah. There, I would think yeah. a lot of them must regret it. I mean, I look back at Colton too. Like, yeah. yeah, if you end up in a good relationship that's in some way sprang from the show, you might say, oh, it was worth it. But in every other sense, like, yeah, probably not. Um, well, Christina's date with his family and the barbecue kind of the whole time I was just thinking like how crazy it was when Maddie Pruitt went to Peter Weber's parents' fake vow renewal. Um, like that was a crazy <laughs> time. Was crazy. Cause like, it's crazy enough. I feel like to like get the whole family out of there. It's good for Christina. It's definitely an advantage and it's, you know, an, an easy date for them to also, you know, they don't have to pay for anything, whatever, get them all there. Stirs the pot a little bit when obviously at the end it comes full circle that Christina didn't tell the women it's setting stuff up. So it makes sense. But 
it just literally reminded me of that time like Maddie Pruitt literally watched like Peter's parents not only like agreed to do this vow renewal but this girl they just met and then there's that picture I know it probably wasn't a real vow renewal but like the idea that their pair that they had a vow renewal and Peter brought his first one-on-one date is I mean has there ever been a parent more game than sweet nums I mean just no cameo queen herself yeah like she is down she has been down so that actually kind of tracks to me it does and I mean it makes sense that obviously Christina probably was told and wanted to have a moment to tell Zach about her daughter privately but it is a little hard to believe suspend the belief that she went through this whole day with his family without bringing up her daughter while talking about family and introducing herself it must have been hard. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, like I, she's probably just focused on like talking about Zach, like yeah. let's just focus on Zach. Did he have any weird rashes as a kid that you can remember? She was I the remember perfect all of my person. cousin's rashes. Perfect yeah. person for this date. Like she was so, so good with the family. She really yeah. was. The baby yeah. pictures. They they had all the the stops. Pulled pulled all the stops. Yeah, Zach just kept like abandoning her to random yeah. conversations with his family members, and she was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna roll with it." She's like, "I got my accent. I'm gonna kill it. I got plenty of stories. I have a famous relative too. Like, let's do it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we both were uh, understand. We we were both um, nepo nieces and nephews. Yeah, she's like, once you're in a Taylor Swift video, you feel like you belong everywhere never be as socially awkward again literally and I think she was also in a music video or more recently that Hannah Brown was in uh-huh. um, wow I can't remember the country artist's name please forgive me but she was in she's in says several movies and she I think she was a background in the Hannah Montana movie or something like she has an IMDB that is stacked that Christina Mendrell wow I have not looked at it I should check it out you should check it out and if you scroll her Instagram far enough you will see she's been posing with roses um, every couple of years for a while. So I think she, um, once her marriage wasn't going to be the thing, I think she was kind of planting seeds, which is good for her. A lot of them do that. I'm playing the long game. Yeah. Um, when she does tell Zach about Blakely May, um, again, no poker face. He's, he's panicking. Oh yeah. He, uh, this was such a fascinating moment. Discuss this, Emma, that like, it's great to see a genuine reaction to these because the leads so often have a really pat script that doesn't seem to reflect what they really feel like, oh, I would never, you know, be less interested because of your child. Your child is a gift. Like, I'm so happy to like potentially have them in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's like a big thing. Like is, you know, what do you really feel about it? With Zach, it's like he, it's like he didn't even think about any of this in advance. Like it didn't occur to him that anyone might have a child. So he's like almost for the first time, like processing the thought of a a top contestant of his having a kid already. And he's like going through the whole journey directly to Christina's face. He is processing in real time. It, It must've been rough for Christina to be on the receiving end of that. But I actually really appreciated this moment from Zach because, yeah, being a bonus parent is a huge responsibility and taking on responsibility for a five-year-old when you are 26 years old, like that is something that if you're being serious about it should give you a moment of pause and you should be honest that you're not sure if you're ready for that. Like I actually, that actually made me like him more I just am so desperate 
for us to get kind of authentic pieces of Zach mm-hmm. and to, to for him to give us something that we can kind of latch onto and invest in. And, and so like, I was he's afraid pleased. of being a stepdad. That's something real. Like exactly latch onto. Yeah. We're all scared of <laughs> dating someone for five minutes and potentially being their stepfather the next day. Like it's you're, you're it's like. Right. It's something, I, I don't know. It's just something outside of frozen pizzas that is real about him. Oh, frozen pizzas. And his DJ career that's come up like six times in his band from seventh grade. Like that came up again at the bar- barbecue too. The well, last my- time this man yeah. had a hobby was in middle school. I guess so. Cause everyone keeps going back to it. Um, Jesse Palmer, the the cousins. Um, Yeah, no, it is. It's so true. I feel like this show has always made it where the leads probably feel like they have to say, oh, my God, it would be an honor to be in your son or daughter's life. And it's a lovely thing to say, but it's simply not accurate to what you're probably thinking in that moment at 26 years old when you're the bachelor and you, you know, like this girl. And now, oh, my God, one of my leads has a daughter, not saying he, you know, couldn't get there or be a good parent one day, but your initial reaction is not, oh my God, sign me up. Like, where are the papers? <laughs> like, I can't wait to be her dad. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, that would be actually an inappropriate reaction right. if it were a genuine, which right. is like, thank God, finally, a five-year-old to be my daughter. Like, right. it's, it's you don't even know Christina that well yet. Like, you certainly haven't met her daughter. Like, you haven't you know, projected out in your head, like what life would look like with the kid in it. So like, let's all chill chill for a second while you really process this. I do think that going on the show, he could have been a little bit more prepared for this conversation than he was while still being more honest than leads typically are. I bet he's also realizing in real time, like, oh, there are things the producers didn't tell me. They didn't tell <laughs> me that two of my, I'm pretty, like, they that one of my leads, one of my favorites, or any of the women could have a kid. Like, I really think he, why, why he had to like, walk away and like, think about it or whatever was probably to go like, why didn't you tell me she had a daughter? And he was like, well, you're supposed to find out on camera because this is supposed to be yeah, a he's reality like, show. Wait. Things will be withheld from me. Yeah, I don't like that. That's what it felt like to me. It did kind of feel that way. Like he was like, I didn't know this was an option. Um, and it's like this happens every, every season. season. Every season. That's not an exaggeration. Sometimes multiple times a season. Yeah. Yeah. He'll um, be he'll be lucky if this doesn't come up again. Yeah. He's more prepared next time. I I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think you mentioned like to see how he kind of evolves as a bachelor, because right now you can tell he's gravitating towards, like you said, a similar type of of woman. And he is it because he's really interested in them or because it's easy. And what is he actually like looking for besides the best friend quality? And will he get there? Or is it going to be like, is he going to fall for all the fantasy of this to the point where Cause I even, I did my like pre-show interview with him like every year and it's always, it's funny, but also kind of heartbreaking to interview these people at the beginning before the show starts airing and they're so positive and they're <laughs> doing their cryptic. I'm really happy. They can't tell you what happened. And you know, when you interview someone like Rachel Reckia throughout the season, you just see that kind of go away and you know, something's happening. And yeah. Zach is very happy and confident that this is going to be a love story. Is that the narrative he was told to say, and he's a really good actor, or does he still believe it? I hope that's the case at the end, but it's a long time till March when you have to watch all this back. Yeah. Yeah. I, it does. I do believe that he is happy now because like we have been saying, he has no poker face. No poker face. (laughs) Um, I don't know how well he'd be able to hide it. I believe that he ends up with someone at the end and 
in itself that in a way makes the season more successful than a lot of recent ones, but there's still, yeah, there's a lot that can happen during two months of watching the episodes back and things being dug up about dug up about your contestants and just the stress. I mean, I hope, I hope for his sake that, that his relationship remains intact at least till the end of the show airing. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's rough to be a lead on this show and you always kind of hope that at least, at least they get the potential of a good relationship out of it. Yeah. And I, I hope that for Zach, because I think it's, it's going to be a rough, a rough season for him. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And the second group date, they cut the whole day portion. According to reality, Steve, it was with uncle Patrick Warburton. So I don't know how that ended up on the cutting room floor, but allegedly I know it did. <laughs> yeah. I'm baffled by this. Like they're, the idea of cutting a date with his uncle, who is a famous actor and comedian for time, like doesn't add up to like me. For why would like, they cut it? Yeah. Like I, I, it's not like the episode was so jam packed with prime material that they could cut famous uncle date from completely. Yeah. They so, could have made it like a really short segment. I don't, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I found myself being like, did I miss Patrick Warburton getting like fully canceled? Like, <laughs> right. What do they know about that cronk that we don't know? There are like some what? rumblings in certain portions of the fandom about his politics, but like nothing that would like lead the bachelor to fully cut him. I'm like so baffled. That right. That happened. We still saw Greer all episode. That's <laughs> yeah, the thing. I'm like, consider cutting Greer. Right. And I feel like one of the reasons they not one of the maybe not one of the reasons they pick Zach that might be whatever. But I mean, if you follow Mike Fleiss and Rob Mills and all those people on Twitter, they were very excited about Putty from Seinfeld being on their show last year. So I'm I mean, very confused about be? why he's not. I know, and he's whatever. But it was I was very confused about how this could possibly have gotten cut. Yeah, I I still I still remain baffled. If I was Patrick, I'd be pissed. Like you that you too. had me debase myself for this show and you're not even going to air it. Like Right. Yeah. I, I my only other thought was like what if he signed, like got a really good contract terms with them and then was like I changed my mind. I don't want this to it's air. Like, this is too embarrassing. <laughs> this no is too thank embarrassing. you. They're but calling like, my can't... nephew the boring bachelor. I will not be a part of this. I do not want to be he would be. I know. And then, I mean, I feel like because of that, like the second group date, nothing really, it wasn't much, I feel like to even report because it was just like the night portion and the discussion of how much to share and how much not to share, which we kind of talked about. But obviously the other part of the episode was the Brianna and Christina of it all. And Brianna kind of throughout the whole episode, it did make sense to me at first, kind of, you know, her insecurities or concerns about, you know, having a rose and the women looking at it like an advantage, but in her mind, it is not a disadvantage, but it's, it's complicated because she is the only person in that room that wasn't picked by Zach to be there. I think that's very valid. Totally. I think you're in your head. I can only imagine her sitting there. And if they didn't, you know, I think also Brianna just doesn't have that strong of a connection with Zach, but she wants to believe and is being told you are America's first impression rose. Like that is something girl. And like, I, I would spiral too, thinking I am the only one in this room. He didn't actually pick to be here. 100%. Yeah. I think it's so easy to get in your head. If you're anyone on this show, like the structure is set up to encourage that, to exploit your insecurities you obviously have producers in your ear and then couple that with the fact that, yeah, she walks in kind of with this automatic target on her back, but also feeling not directly chosen by Zach. 
And then also this is a young black woman in a very white dominated space who is probably has kind of like her hackles up looking for for microaggressions from some of the other women. So like it doesn't surprise me that they were kind of able to get her to spiral emotionally within two episodes. Yeah, Yeah, it seemed kind of mean to me. I think that they have ways of protecting contestants that they want to stay on like Mm -hmm. We know that from past leads that the lead at this point in the season is not like picking everyone who stays. They're producer picks. Like they can usher people for a few weeks. But to like give a public like rose that is sort of like a gimme rose that's like, we're giving this to you, Zach didn't. It just feels, yeah, it's like you're putting a target on her back for what benefit really to her. And none it's just like a way for them to like try a new little gimmick and stir up some drama by making her feel insecure and making the other women feel like she got maybe an extra leg up or at least like maybe just Christina (laughs) feel like she got an extra leg up and I don't that's hard to see how that helped Brianna in any way it just got in her head and I mean to put her in that dress which was a beautiful dress and she looked beautiful but they made her a walking rose So it's surprising to me that only Christina, who, I mean, I didn't think the flash, I didn't think it was, you know, she said the rose, the dress, this is rigged, you look beautiful. Like she clearly was kind of being sarcastic, but also probably like, I'm annoyed that they did this. I don't know if it's you or the show. Like it was probably all those types of things, but I don't know. I wasn't sure how to feel. I felt like it was more the show's fault than Christina's fault necessarily, but also Christina should definitely know that like sarcasm, whatever, like that's not the way to go into this program, whether it was or not, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's part of what makes Christina such a natural on reality TV is that she just treats everyone with the same comfort and like irreverence as if they are longtime friends. And that can really not land. Like if it's like your best girlfriend and you're like, what? I hate you. You look so good in that dress, JK. Like that's one thing, but like, she doesn't know Brianna and Brianna is in this uncomfortable situation. And this random blonde lady, she doesn't know is telling her that the game is rigged in her favor and that she hates her JK. Like that is going to feel like a sneak attack, right? It's going to feel like, oh, you're you're going to try to get away with this with like a light tone and a JK, but there's such, there's a real kernel of, of truth in that. And of course, Brianna took it badly. And, but I think that's just Christina's way of operating. And sometimes it really works because it makes her seem so natural in any setting. But the flip side of that is when you're that comfortable in any setting, you can really just like put your foot in it because you're not being careful with people you don't know. Yeah. I think that the apology kind of confrontation discussion about it was better than a lot of times that we see on this show. Yes. She handled, she apologized. You know, I think she said she doesn't necessarily remember saying it. I don't know if that's true, but also she probably said a lot of things to a lot of people and probably drank <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that could be true or not. It <laughs> yeah. kind of impossible to parse. But yeah, I was glad that she did. I was glad to see that she did just apologize. Yeah. Um, and I totally understood Brianna being like, okay, I'm going to choose to like take this at face value, but also like we have to actually build a basis to our relationship and that's going to require more actions from you. And so I was like, okay, both of these responses seem fair to me. Um, It does, again, from the promos, seem like things are not not going to develop well. (laughs) 
yeah in that relationship but even giving brianna the last rose as the sort of cliffhanger is presenting her as the one who was quote-unquote wrong in the show's eyes because it's like is she going to be punished for bringing this up and it kind of that's how i read it at least like it's a yeah you know by giving making it that like cliffhanger of you see that that girl kylie who we don't even know looks shocked when her name is called which i just thought was funny because she like literally was like whoa me like which like i would like she probably was like i haven't talked to you at all but then to see brianna who she has known has gotten time with him and in her mind is this big you know america's first impression rose winner still be waiting for her rose, it was an interesting way to present that. And I know Christina already had a rose, so I guess you couldn't make her the cliffhanger. But it was interesting because in that situation, it almost painted it like the show was saying, okay, Brianna was wrong. Yeah, I think that especially having Brianna, and I fully do not know what happened, but very much believe that production encouraged her to also go to Zach about True. it. And that's just like... It's a tactical error. And I think that it allowed them to end the episode in this place where it's like, why is she still talking about this? Why is she bringing this to Zach? Why is she not focusing on her relationship with Zach? Like, should she even be here? And then she gets, yeah, that like punishment rose, the like, he's making you sweat rose. It does seem like they are putting Brianna in in the role of like shit stir here. Mm-hmm. And like, she's going to have to to learn her lesson. Which then they walked her in, like you said, in the, in the rose, in the dress. That's a, literally a theme, like it's a rose and had her walk around with her rose. Like I, I'm honestly, I'm surprised and happy that more, like, unless they just cut it all out, like in other seasons, I feel like they would have prodded more girls to like come for Brianna for wearing that dress. Like either they didn't show it because it they didn't think it was good enough or they didn't take the bait because in what world did they not have that whole first episode be about Brianna in the dress? Oh yeah, the other women talking about it. Even like one comment, I was like, you all knew you were going on a show about roses. You could have worn a rose dress. Like, I'm sorry, it didn't occur to you to wear a beautiful rose dress. Like, but yeah, they've certainly made more out of less. I do think that what happened is that no one would let Brianna talk to him because they were like, you already have a rose. Oh, that's true. So there is an illusion that she's ahead, but she's actually only had like, two 15 second conversations with Zach by the second episode. And then, you know, the rose dress and the first impression rose gives a very different impression. Yeah. They also had her come out of the limo last, which is like a big position to be in. This was all intentional on the part of the show. And we also know producers are the ones who determine who is talking to Zach and for how long, and if someone can interrupt. So like, right that's not just on like the women to like be bold that is up to producers yeah very true well again had nothing to say but it's been an hour and somehow we got (laughs) through it and uh talked a lot about stuff um i think three women ish maybe two or three got sent home i might have missed the third because the two i just saw were both in aqua kind of like sharpay evans type dresses and i was like interesting he must hate blue was my takeaway (laughs) for aqua Bad night the, for some Aqua. of the dress colors, I was like, oh, the aughts really are back. I know. Mm. A lot of spaghetti straps. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I think it was three women who went home in the end. It was Victoria. It was Kimberly. Kimberly and one more woman. Was it, it was Kat? the last one. Cat. Cat. It was yes. Kat. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cat and the two 30 year olds. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Zach, yeah. come on, buddy. I mean, again, probably not his call, but yeah. <laughs> tough, tough look. Well, what about what's up with you guys? What's how's the podcast going? What are you covering besides The Bachelor? How can people listen? All that stuff. 
Yeah, you can listen to Love to See It with Emma and Claire wherever you get your podcasts. We are, of course, recapping Zach's season on this week's episode. We have the wonderful actress Allison Williams as our guest. She is a delight. We also are going to be covering um, the show Perfect Match on mm. Netflix. So that will be coming soon. And we also talk about reality TV sometimes over on our newsletter, Rich Text, which you can find at clarendemma.substack.com. Amazing. Allison Williams, I forgot. She's like a stan of The Bachelor, right? She was, she's been around. She's been a fan for a while. Yeah, she's been, she's, she's yeah. an, an OG friend of the pod. So we, we love her. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on all your success. How many years have you guys been covering The Bachelor? Seven. Wow. Almost eight. Almost Almost eight. 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 Yeah. 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 It feels like a lifetime. (laughs) I think this is, I started doing this show for us during Peter's season. So that's probably half the amount of time. And I cannot believe that it's still still a lot. That's a long time. (laughs) It feels like longer. I mean, I guess it's like (laughs) 20, but um, I, I remember listening to here to make friends. I told Emma this, like when I, like a long time ago when it was first started and everything. And, um, that's just awesome that you guys have gotten to continue to do it on your own terms and your own way. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. We feel very lucky. We've been able to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, maybe we can check in another time during the next season or whatever happens. Yes. Next. I'm sure I'll be in touch. Yes. We would love that. Uh, have a great rest of your day, guys. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.